Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecu. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Happy New Year, wonderful Hooverers. Oh, I hope it's been a happy new year so far, at least with regards to the things you've eaten up and that you've had some delicious things as ever. It's my January mission to Hoover with some really bold, brilliant voices who will offer us a counterpoint and alternative to the rest of the toxic world noise screaming at us that we can't be happy with our bodies just as they are right, 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 right now. So today I'm Hoovering with someone so brilliant who I've been meaning to ask for ages. It's fitness trainer and creator of book, journal and podcasts, all called Train Happy, Tally Rye. Thanks for being a listener to the old Hoovering podcast. Can you um, do me a favour and tell every other twat about this podcast? Cheers. One way of doing that is just to subscribe to it, and that saves you a bit of admin. It'll pop into your inbox every fortnight when a new one is released. Um, Give it a five-star review if you want. Apparently that helps other people find it too. Or just say, excuse me, other person... Do you want to listen to the Hoovering podcast? That might work. I don't know. I haven't tried it. I'd be weird if I was trying it. That's why I need you to try it. If you want to support the podcast and are able to financially, that's an option. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Hoovering pod. Um, and thank you so much if you are my patron already. Um, for 2022, I'm levelling up the guest recipes by including my own um, or ones that I've had made for me in the last month, which I'll be taking real care and love over. It's my missus's famous pierogi polish dumplings in this month's edition for example also there's discount tickets for my patrons for example to the upcoming hoovering live i need to remind you about it's on the 5th of february at the leicester comedy festival at 5 30 in the evening or is it afternoon I'm not going to get into an argument about that. It's already not expensive, and you're all so welcome. If you live anywhere near Leicester, come join us. I'll be revealing my swanky pants guests very soon. And last but best, some of my patrons get exclusive content, um, including the at least six months advance access to the hoovering fourth birthday party special episode which i'm recording at the end of this month Whoopa, don't miss out the last thing to wang on about admin wise is my stand-up the world is still open and if you're tested up and happy to be in that world i'd love to have you come and see me at a gig i'm doing a bunch of previews and um, working progresses of what will one day be a new show called wench um my favorite things to have you out would be uh, the honus club which is my new material 
Brewer Night I run in Camden or I'm doing some previews at the Bill Murray Comedy Club in Angel as well there's a sprinkling of them on between now and the end of March and they're always a gas even if the material is pretty loosey-goosey um, I think sometimes that's the most fun to be had of all to be honest links to how to come to any of those things and everything else interesting that Tally and I mentioned in the podcast you're about to listen to are as ever in the podcast notes wherever you got this podcast from finally it's time to get into the actual podcast sorry Tally and me met on the Zooms as it felt like the most COVID sensible thing to do at the time of recording and for lunch we both had our own takes on the brief was soup crusty bread and cheese Mm, that was the intention anyway Um, 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 I made myself a goodie thank you for doing my silly podcast Thank you for having me. This is the most fun podcast I've ever done, and we haven't even done it yet. Yeah, what? Because we because we, um, we get to eat some lunch in it. Yeah, it's just the con- fun, isn't it? The concept is great. I Yay. love it, and Thanks, I've got Sally. I've got my my whole plate of goodies here. I have, I'm waiting. Oh my, please! You've waited. Oh look, what yeah. she? <gasps> um, okay, can you talk me through it? Yes. Please. So, soup selection. I'm usually a bit of a soup snob, but okay. my boyfriend's favorite one and only soup is Heinz tomato soup and brilliant he can't beat it he cannot beat it and I had to, I had to ask him but can I have one of the cans because that's what I'm craving today fine I've yeah. got crusty white bread mm. has yeah. to be that doesn't it with soup yeah buttered yeah. and then the leftover cheese from Christmas so I've got because Prior to Christmas, I had to potentially... We didn't know if we were going to make it home for Christmas. No one did, did they? No one COVID did. and everything. No one did. Well, I started getting my cheese selection in, but yes. didn't end up using any of it. So I've got uh, it all to eat in January. So I've got a, the Stilton and Apricot, and it's with Amaretto for Christmas. Mm. And then just Amazing. a really... Um, Oh no, I lied. So Wednesday day one, and then this is a Stilton. Okay. So just, just, a few, just a few bits left over. Do you, yeah. love, do you like a fruity cheese then? An apricot I do. cheese. I do. It's probably my mum really loves a fruity cheese. My missus really loves a fruity cheese. Mm. And I think maybe I'm such a like a salt tooth that I really like I like those I like the ones that like not the ones that smell like someone's died. <laughs> the ones or, or like like that someone's like just sort of been left in the back of a car for eight like years. Smelly feet. And that yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, I like pretty much ones, all of them. I like the ones. Yeah, I do like. I, do, <laughs> I could just. This could be the hour, couldn't it? I like the ones. No, I like the ones. No, I. Yeah, I like at the moment, like cheese wise. Th- I like the ones that hurt. I like the ones that are so strong that they hurt or like burn a bit off or like feel like they've all, they've almost like made of knives. <laughs> <laughs> Potent. Yeah, really like powerful, tangy, blue or crystally. Yeah, the ones that sort of really sort of bit of an internal, a bit of a wake up call, bit of a swim on a New Year's Day swim in the sea level of slap around the face. Cheese. But I feel gutted because I can't match you on any cheeses because none was left over. (laughs) And we weren't even here for Christmas. We've just, we've just, um, in the betwixtmas. We have yeah. demolished it all. Um, Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And the only cheese that's left is um, a bit of brie that's being turned into a brie and cranberry tart for my dinner Ooh. later. So oh, I'll save it then. That. Yeah. No, I save that. That. Um, that sounds great. I love a bit of... I do love a tin... I ne- was going to have a tin soup. And then I realised once my veg box arrived... Box, not veg boxed it's not a box set once my veg box arrives which i don't know what is coming in it sometimes i look sometimes i don't i like the surprise i had three different items two squashes and one pumpkin oh and so i thought if you don't make your own soup yeah um something's gone awry so i've made it's not pretty but um but it tastes so good i bet it's so good it's a night it's from nigel slater's orange book that i think's called autumn winter in a very Ooh. snazzy way, um, which I've n- I've only made one recipe from that I didn't love. Everything in it else I've made has been really bloody delish. But it's it's just butternut squash and veg stock whizzed up. But then just at the end, you add tahini. Yum, 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 yum. Mm. Um, and um, if you can be asked and I've got the stuff, chop up some rosemary and sesame seeds 
And he says hazelnuts, but I didn't have any, so I've used... Uh, he said chestnuts. I didn't have any used hazelnuts. And um, fr- like fry them and then put them on the top and then stir Ooh. them in. So actually it feels a bit swanky pants. And then, yeah. Well, cross- that feels a little bit nicer than my Heinz tomato soup. <laughs> I love Heinz tomato soup. Oh, you've got to have both. You've got to have both. You've got you? to have both. I think yeah. sometimes with a hangover, my body screams at me for some Heinz mm. tomato soup because it's it's almost oh. equivalent of um like a rehydration tablet, isn't it? All the, yeah. like, <laughs> all the sort of salts and sugars in there. Bloody delish. Um, right. Let's get into it. Thank you for your Instagram, generally. Oh, you thank are, you. <laughs> it's a, such a joyful place to be, a virtual place to be. It's, I don't know, I think calling it a safe place to be makes it sound not as exciting as it is. It's also really exciting and inspirational, and I think there's things on it um, that have been revelatory um, for me. You're a fitness trainer, and I guess lots of people will be looking uh, to the new year um, in, in sort of ways that are positive, um, and in whatever your motivation, lots of people in the new year start thinking about moving their body more, don't they? Um, and you preach intuitive exercise. Now, I would love, please, you to talk me through a layperson's guide to what that is um, and, and explain for me if it's anything to do with my old friend intuitive eating. I'm assuming it is. It is the very close relative of intuitive eating. So if you know intuitive eating... I know um, her. I know her. her. I love her. So for those who don't know intuitive eating, intuitive eating is a framework of 10 principles to help you basically heal your relationship with food and just sort of really dissect and analyze and um, kind of rebuild Mm. a really peaceful relationship with food because so many of us it gets really complicated and messy with all these messages from diet culture and and just especially this time of year especially this time of year the noise is loud and so intuitive eating is definitely a close friend of mine yes but i felt that as a trainer and the big part of my own journey and one that i have seen time and time again from people who follow me who i've Mm. worked with is that their relationship with exercise can be just as messy and complicated as their relationship with food. And that they're so intertwined Mm -hmm. that it's really important that we have the same kind of ability to, like I say, assess, dissect, question, reevaluate our relationship with exercise. And so I wrote about intuitive movement in my first book, train happy. um, And if you know the principles of intuitive eating, you've got 10. This is, has nine. Okay. Um, well, it's one less principle. Well, one less principle because one of the principles of intuitive eating is joyful movement. So we've oh, kind of, let's lovely. just say, we've taken a principle of joyful movement yeah, and we're just... broken that guy down. We've broken that down. Nice. Um, uh, but you'll see a nice mirror between intuitive eating and intuitive movement. Um, and both these, and the intuitive movement specifically, like I say, is designed to just really help you think about the influences you've had on your relationship with exercise. Like, why do you feel like you have to go to the gym for an hour? Where did that rule come from? And why are you feeling that pressure? And then in another way, it helps you really figure out what you actually enjoy doing and Mm -hmm. how your body feels when it wants to move and how your body feels when it wants to rest. And so it's a process of, like I say, rebuilding that relationship with exercise, but that is filled with trust and connection because Mm. the thing that you know chronic dieting and feeling bad about yourself and constantly outsourcing to diet clubs or trainers and plans and regimes and whatever else is that you often don't know yourself and i don't know if that's been your experience yeah yeah 100 but you're like wait a second what do i like i Mm -hmm. thought i had to do you know at least a 45 minute hit workout because that's what someone told me was going to get me the best results but you know what do you actually like and I think that's really important to get people questioning that and and figuring out for themselves totally amazing and a brilliant answer it's definitely been my experience and I think um I feel um oh I mean uh the honest answer is I feel nothing but short of rage now every time I see even a very well-intended, um, inclusive-looking government mm. advert, 
um, <laughs> encouraging people to move where ultimately, you know, it's goal motivated is the kindest way of putting yeah. it. It will be transformation motivated. It will be 99% of the time weight loss motivated. Um I think after the lockdowns, the government invested lots of money in these mm-hmm. kind of adverts. So we were hearing it from, you know, arguably what's meant to be some of our most tr- trusted sources. Um, it makes me rage because actually for 30 something years, I suppose at school, I enjoyed moving my body in team sports. I was lucky that I had that nice background with m- movement. Um, but I would think of it as being even then, like I remember there was a, it was probably a time in during sixth form where me and a few mates would go and play badminton at some lunch times and we'd have such a laugh and we were all mm. sort of similar amount, you know, a de- similar level at it, you know, um, kind of passable but 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 we really had a giggle even though we would I'd enjoy it so much I'd come away from it and think oh I've kind of got really sweaty there without even realizing it was happening yeah and I'd think great I deserve my lunch and actually Mm. even so even that was pretty toxic actually and it's probably why no part of me ever went oh I'm gonna carve a bit of my day out to go and do that thing I love like I never went on to join a badminton club even though it's a thing I love because my relationship with it was well how much weight is it gonna lose me how's it gonna change what I look like and I didn't I just didn't care about things making me feel good I I, that's not that wasn't my narrative and it meant I never ever um Oh, God, it carried on with it. Like, well, that's the wrong way of putting it as well. I never f- f- built a nice relationship with exercise and everything mm. I did was faddy. I'd, f- I'd believe in ridiculous curses. Like I thought, well, as soon as I spent money on something, that's when I stopped doing it. And then that I'd fall into that narrative. Yeah. And I had this odd thing where every now and again, part of my fad, my latest fad would involve being in the gym, um, mm. which not all my exercise fads did. Um I and I would I'd have I'd have a little go on the weight spit and be like god this is fun better get back on the treadmill (laughs) and it just and where I'm just feeling shame and failure and misery like it just it was so ridiculous that it took me into my 30s to be like why don't you just do the bit you loved like, what is it you're aiming to get here? But I be- even then I believed all the bullshit that, well, I don't want to get too muscly. I don't yeah. want to get too unfeminine. Okay. As if like, unless you're... And now, you know, I'm like, yes, please, may I get more muscly? <laughs> like I've... Oh, it was a re-education on so many levels. But it's not to say I feel like I talk about weightlifting so much because that's the thing I found that I mm. feel such joy in and I want to turn up for. And it's become a friend, you know. Um, although I still... I'm deeply imperfect and we'll move on to other questions about things I've learned from you uh, and your brilliant writing. Um, but I um, uh, I feel like I wang on about weightlifting so much that I worry sometimes that people listening might think, well, I've tried that and I didn't like that. And you're like, fine, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, they've, they've been, you know, there's, uh, in the, historically, there've been other types of movement I've loved, but I've ruined by bringing my toxic baggage to. I loved swimming, but then I got to a point where I was like, well, actually, unless I'm swimming for two hours, it's not doing anything. Like, ugh, I ruined it. I ruined it by wanting it to make me thin, by thinking that being thin would me being happy. It just... And I, I feel like you're blaming yourself with that. And yeah. You shouldn't be blaming yourself because we are just human beings Mm -hmm. absorbing all these external messages to us. They are not necessarily your original thoughts or ideas. Like take the pressure off yourself and just like don't beat yourself up over it because even like you, you were saying, you know, even at school starting to feel like, well, I Mm. earned lunch now. Like that messaging runs so deep for so many people and we get it from childhood, from, you know, sadly through school, through our parents Mm -hmm. who are also sort of victims of diet culture as well. Like, you know what I mean? No one's safe. No one is safe. And this pervasive message that when you're thinner, you're going to be successful, happy, loved, you know, finally, you know, find your purpose in the world i think um is is a is sadly untrue and and i say this as someone who definitely got thinner as well and only and i could say there was part of me that felt like yeah i did it wow and Mm -hmm. you get a lot of praise and 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 you get a lot of validation yeah 
you get a lot of validation but i don't know about you but my god the fear of losing that yeah actually and and i don't know i've never been more focused on what i look like than when yeah. i was actually at my smallest which yeah. you think would be ironic because you think you would just be like oh cool i did it. i'm great like yeah, i have a point was about to be that you get to that point and then and you like don't care anymore yeah. but no, you don't it tells you you have to be on the diet forever <laughs> Yeah, like exactly. Be, like you get to the ribbon at the end of the race, but then what no one tells you is that you just have to keep running against the tension mm. of that ribbon that starts cutting mm. into you because like, you're like, hang on, this wasn't the fucking deal. Mm. And these things are designed to fail. They're not designed to be ways to live forever. And I mean, I'm sure there's some fucking jockeys and a- actors managing it, but it's not a life I want. But yes. then there's like so many layers of like privilege that and yeah. Yeah. body, yeah. you know, yeah. genetics and, yeah. you know, access to whatever they have. So that, yeah. I mean, that's like a whole thing where we can just like take the pressure off ourselves with that. Yeah. And then like you say, adding that pressure, this is my biggest gripe with how fitness has been portrayed through the diet culture lens for so long is that yeah. whatever you do, whatever the activity is, swimming, mm-hmm. dancing, even, you know, whatever it is that if it has to have a visible result to be worthy. And it's like, like your body knows, (laughs) right? Yeah. Like your lungs aren't benefiting and your muscles aren't benefiting. Like your mental health isn't benefiting without you dropping a number on the scale. Yeah. Like it's all the benefits are internal. And the fact that we're so obsessed with the external is just so frustrating. But that's like I say, that's been like a, a way that diet culture has you know, and, and these diet companies and, you know, have become very overlapped with the fitness world and how they Big market. Time. And because there's money to be made and, yeah. you know, if they can create an insecurity within you and then sell you the supposed solution, mm-hmm. they're going to do their best to profit. Mm, yum in my tongue. I have to really keep an eye on... Um, my relationship with exercise as much as I do with my relationship with eating mm. so I am um, I would have bored the listeners on this podcast with this but like essentially essentially like a really potted history with a flirting with all types of disordered eating but mainly just a, a sort of adult life well from age nine lifetime of um being in cycles of diet attempts diets successes s- cycles of starvation followed by binging sometimes purging and then eventually realising over time that an, an, a therapist um, are diagnosing me effectively with binge eating disorder and then working through that in therapy. And I think as a result, and then also just a re-education from the brilliant world of the founders of intuitive eating, mm. etc. Um, I then had like a long journey that's been charted over the course of doing this podcast with making my peace with my relationship with eating, having a, oh, just a rebirth, like this incres- incredible, like freeing, just the most amazing freedom from all of those constrictions. And I think, oh, I don't know, you're probably not never cured. Like I can feel in times of, when really hard times, I hear a voice say to me in in the way that other people have a voice that says to them have some alcohol or have some drugs or have some sex you don't really want or have some whatever whatever the thing the person is has to use to numb their emotions I hear a voice still sometimes that goes you eat absolutely loads and don't even taste it I have a voice that's like just eat 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 eat." and I and now I can hear it and I can choose whether Mm. I listen to it and if I do listen to it I can do that without feeling all the complicated things I used to feel with that, all the shame and all the negativity and all the like, well, I better starve as a result of that, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So what's interesting is I've come so far with that that now I feel like I'm just starting to keep an eye on my relationship with exercise. Whereas before I was like, let that be, let that flourish. Mm. You found this thing that you love. But also now I have to keep my eye on the fact that the thing that I love is also kind of a bit addictive. I would find it very easy to, I don't know, the things you were listing. Sometimes I think, yeah, I do panic about getting ill and not being able to train. Mm. I do panic about setting a goal and then being annoyed with myself if I haven't. 
um, achieved that new PB with that particular lift or um, and I, I, I don't I f- find the juggle very hard there because I want to be ambitious. I want to challenge my body in doing the thing that I love. I want to do like prideless things like enter competitions that are open entry, even if I don't care if I'm going to come last. I want to do those things. But equally, I definitely need to be better at um, not being so goals focused. Like I have learned not to be very goals focused with my work. So I don't know why I'm allowing myself to do it with my exercise. It's part of intuitive movement, perhaps being a bit less goals focused. It can be and it might need to be for the person. It's so individual. And I think so, you know, about unconditional permission to eat with intuitive eating, which is the kind of idea of going like no food is good or bad. And no matter what I do, you know, I am worthy and allowed to eat what feels right for me and what satisfies me and all of that. Yeah. And I think in intuitive movement, I call it unconditional permission to rest Mm. because I think so many people, this is where we, yeah, we can kind of get like, you know, lines can get blurred is with that rest bit and how we learn to lose all my gains, all of that fear, how we learn to overcome that fear. And I, I really believe a lot of overcoming that fear is in the doing and essentially the not doing. So that fear of taking a rest day and losing your gains. Take it. What happens? Yeah. Write, write, write it down. Talk about like, write it in my latest, I came up with the train happy journal just before Christmas. Yeah. And within that, in one of, you know, a lot of the, the tasks within that are saying like, how does it feel to have that rest day? Like what came up for you and what was yeah. it about? And I think it's so, I love that you have made the link and, I think a lot of us need to make the link between these old coping mechanisms kicking in and other emotional stuff going on in our lives. Like they are so intertwined. And I think that also comes up with resting Mm -hmm. because if you think about it, a lot of what we're doing is numbing or distracting or keeping ourselves busy from actually just like sitting and, you know, being and feeling and just being human, really. Yeah. And so we're like, how can we distract ourselves? I know yeah. I'll work out every day because yeah. then I don't have to feel it. Um, and it's not to say, and this is on a sort of tangent of saying, when people say, you know, exercise is my therapy. I like mm. to get really specific about that and say, yeah. no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> it's... <laughs> oh, I love that. It's uh, no, therapeutic. It's, your, your, it's actually your therapy. That's your yeah. therapy. Yeah. It's a bit like, yeah, food is medicine. It's like, no, no, no your medicine is your medicine. your medicine. Yeah. And food can help. And it's yeah, like, it's and sure. same, the same thing. It's like exercise, exercise can, can help. definitely yeah. help you manage your symptoms when you approach it in the right mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And sometimes a lot of us who say exercise and my therapy are, you know, literally running away you know metaphorically and literally running away from actually dealing with the shit right so what we need to do is not fall into the trap of going like it's fine I work out like everything's rosy I'm all good it's like I say giving yourself that unconditional permission to rest so that when unexpected rest is required whether it be through injury through illness or whatever it doesn't like throw you into a tailspin and at the same time sometimes you almost need to like approach these events and for these things to happen for you to know you can get through them yeah you know you can kind of prepare yourself and definitely work on it but a lot of it happens in in the doing and both with intuitive movement and intuitive eating and i mean anything in therapy like when something comes up and you feel like, oh, maybe I did, I did go back into old habits or old yeah. thought patterns and stuff. That's not like you're a bad person for doing that. That's not yeah. that at all. It's just like those are the what those are the old coping mechanisms you had. Yeah, like, and you kind of got to go. Point. I've clocked it. I've noticed yeah, it. Exactly. And then, oh, that's okay. interesting. Be curious yeah. about it. Like, curious why did, about it. Why yes. am I? Why am I doing mm. that? And I think that's one of the best things we can do is just be curious rather than be, you know, yeah. judgmental, judgmental of ourselves. A hundred percent. Oh, glorious. Um, I sometimes really struggle to differentiate between movement for, movement from ego versus mm. movement from intuition. Can we get into that? Um, like I worry that my motivations when I, 
I worry. I I know what my motivations are. For example, if I post a something on Instagram, a mm. PE thing, um, you know, a movement of some sort on Instagram, I worry my my motivations. I, I, I there's got to be some ego in that motivation. Even if in my mind I'm going, well, I want to see. I want. I I'm I can so hit. I'm not being very articulate, Tally. <laughs> I feel like I know what you're getting at. Us for a long time, but so, I'm so shit at saying what I mean. Oh my, don't worry still about listening. It. How is anybody still listening? Fuck me. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for still listening. What I mean is, for a long time, I never put me doing any PE things on the internet. I never put anything on my Instagram. In my mind, my justification was, I'm a comedian. I should just put funny things on there and nothing else. Yeah. Even though this is something that's a huge, increasingly huge part mm. of my life. I absolutely love it to bits where, you know, apart from food, where the other half of my spare money goes, it's, I think about it all the time. I enjoy planning, uh, you know, things to do with it. I like, you know, the equipment that comes with it. I'm in it, but I'm not putting anything online. And then I had a word with myself about the fact that I don't like filming myself because I don't like watching myself Mm -hmm. and I was having that conversation with myself because ultimately it was holding me back because I'm not checking my technique on things on my form on things and uh you know I sometimes was training with coaches who I couldn't physically be with for whatever reason and they're like look if I can't see it the lift didn't happen and how can I tell you anything to help you if you won't Mm. film it so I got over that and I was filming things for me to send to them and for me to watch back. And I was sometimes watching things back and go, God, I feel really proud of myself, especially if I was working towards something that didn't come very naturally to me at all, that took yeah. years of pootling away at, like handstand or gymnastic mm. things for mm. me. Don't come naturally at all, but I, I've, I've got this kind of prideless woman in her late 30s joy at having a go at this shit. And I was looking at these videos and I was thinking, why wouldn't I put them online? And it's because I'm embarrassed of my body or I don't want to watch my body doing that. And because I resolved that, here is my motivation is going, no, I'm over it. I'm going to stick it online. Surely it's good for me to be like, this is what a 38 year old woman who is not like, who is, I don't know how to describe it. I'm quite heavy. looks like upside down <laughs> with my t-shirt like riding up a bit you know and you're like I, I don't mind it so my mo- in my head I'm like that's a positive thing to put out into the world and then every now and again I think but there's still some ego in that I'm still looking for strangers to be like oh my god well done but my worst fear is that it's like I'd th- anyone would think I'm trying to be their fitspiration <laughs> because I think, I don't know, some of that can also be really harmful, can't it, in the world? I don't know. I don't want it to, anyone to think it's a PE equivalent of a before and after picture is my point. I'm not trying to change my body physically to look at. Yeah, and I think it's obviously sounds like you've gone on this sort of journey of really trying to not objectify yourself when you're yes. exercising, right? Yes. And to get out of that self-objectification mindset of like, how does everyone else perceive what I look like? Yeah. How do I perceive what I look like? What is everyone else yeah. thinking about me whilst I'm doing this exercise? And so that is definitely a huge part of that like body acceptance piece. And I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to put a video of you doing your exercise online um and I think it's quite cool that you're able to go like part of me is like my ego and I want to you know I I do like a bit of the validation of saying like go you like that's really cool (laughs) yeah yeah and I get that like hello I have to admit it if I'm honest yeah but I'm hello I've been running social a social media account for like the last eight years if there's not part of me that just wants you know external validation from strangers then (laughs) I can join the club no one became a stand-up comedian because they were fine with a normal amount of appreciation from strangers did they yeah exactly um yeah I've got to show off my daddy issues somewhere come on Mm. yeah I mean my past life I wanted to be a musical theatre performer so it's all yeah amazing I went to drama school but um amazing so it's all in the soup of yeah loving to loving yeah the the praise of strangers um and I and yeah I talked to you in terms of that that sort of ego versus intuition thing in terms of movement though I did talk yeah I for about eight years so I didn't no but I think it was really important to talk about that part and then I think when it comes to ego and intuition bit and the bit I kind of talk about is 
when we are working out for how we want other to perceive what we're doing so for example Mm -hmm. like you going i'm really tired but there's loads of people in the gym and if i don't lift the heaviest weight i can possibly do then people are going to think i'm rubbish and it's you going do you know what today i'm going to do a really low weight workout because the amount i lift does not define me and does not define my worth as a person i feel so seen and i can just do whatever i want i can just do whatever i want if that feels right for me today Mm -hmm. and just letting go of needing to please the other people in the gym Mm -hmm. the people online it's your workout your body you do what's right for it and i i notice this if i have been in a class so I'm a spin instructor and we do instructor training where all the instructors get together and we like each teach each other stuff. So you can imagine the egos in the room is like wild because everyone's there, especially in fitness. There's a whole like thing with fitness trainers where we want people to think we're good at our job because you are intimidated or nervous about the way we're going to teach all the exercises we're going to give you because it's so hard and so brutal and so, you know, hardcore that like that's what makes you a good instructor which oh, i disagree God. with i'd have joined the army if i wanted to be coached like that yeah but that's just you know that's that's, that's a, the vibe. an old that's like kind of like an, yeah. the, the the old narrative within fitness mm-hmm. and it's still very much there so going to these um group you know training classes everyone is you know trying to fight for their lives and go as hard as they can and get the gears up and sprint as fast as they can Mm. and all the rest of it. And often I just like sit back. If I'm having a moment of like, oh, this is a bit too much for me. I just sit Mm. back and just pedal up my own pace for a little bit or take the gears down or whatever. Mm -hmm. And people will be like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. I'm just doing what's right for me in this moment. Um, And, you know, previously I would have very much done everything in my power to keep up at the detriment of myself. You know, I would have ended up like crawling out the room had it meant that everyone thought I was the fittest one there, but I don't care anymore. I don't need to be the fittest person. I don't need to be the strongest person. I know the value I bring to this, you know, this class, this as an instructor, like I don't need people to think that I'm like, you know, fittest woman in the world, which I think is this narrative that a lot of instructors feel. And I think a lot of people feel, you know, who are just going to the gym or going to these classes. I mean, even in a spin class, looking at the people next to you, you're like, oh, I need them to think that I'm really fast and like I can keep up with everything. And if I sit down for a moment and have a drink, then everyone's going to judge me when I just think we need to let go of that. And that's letting go of the ego. That's going like, I'm going to do what's best for me. doesn't matter what else is going on in the room. I'm doing my thing. Oh God, it's so, it's so spot on, you know. Um, one of the reasons I love my gym is because mm. it's run by women and um, which I think always helps a bit. Mm. Sorry, hashtag not all male fitness people. <laughs> um, but a lot of but, them. Uh, a lot of, so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's run by women and one of the parts of their ethos is really like, you're only in a race with yourself. Mm. Like you are, you must scale. <laughs> You just pace yourself, you know. And and there's lots of like great tips. They're like, choose your, like, you can set yourself like a, choose when you're gonna rest, like after however many reps, like don't, doesn't matter what Love he's that. doing next to you or yeah. what she's doing next to you. There's no mirrors. Yeah. You're just on a journey with yourself. And it's so spot on. And um, there's one new coach that's just not down with the ethos of all the other coaches. <laughs> and it's so fascinating watching so many of us basically put our hand up and go, excuse me, I don't, hang on. What's well, side eye going yeah. like, wait, this yeah. isn't yeah. how it's going to be done. This, this coach has made us all put our rowers next to each other in a line. So yeah. that you've got no choice during that part of the workout, Ooh. but to look at the pace of the people mm. either side of you and go, oh, well... She's really tall and he's like, oh, I mean, they're going, they're going twice for, <laughs> oh, right. Really demoralizing and doing the whole kind of like, that person's just done t- three times as many oh. rounds as you. How are you feeling? It's like, ugh, yeah. no, no, no. Mm. Like, that's the opposite of what I do when I'm here, dude. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know where I'm at in my hormonal cycle. You don't know how much sleep I had last night. You don't know if my son woke up at 2 a.m. because he thought he'd pissed himself even though he hadn't actually. <laughs> so I like, just wanted to cuddle because it's a weird dream. Um, you know, like you don't, you've got no idea. You don't, I was stressed about a family illness. You don't know nothing about my day. Get your beak out of my face and let me get back into the race I was in with only myself. Thank you very much, new boy. Well, I think you're so right on to say that. And 
if anyone's in that situation where, you know, I get this a lot, like someone in my gym, someone told me that I got a message yesterday saying, oh, I went to the gym and one of the guys there told me that I gained weight. Oh, and I was like, off. get fucked. What the <laughs> hell? Like, is that helpful? Yes. Well, my, my thing was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that yeah. was my response. Yeah. But, you know, like you say, and I, and I do think there is a, there is this like narrative within fitness. It's very like no excuses. It's like you against you, but it's like only you can change your life and blah, blah, blah. It's so funny, isn't it? You've got, you've got to hope that we one day get to a world where, well, ideally where no one's coming up and commenting on the size or weight of anybody's body. That's the end game. The, the interim game, surely if someone goes, you've gained weight, it's to be like, Oh my God. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. I've been working so hard. I've had chocolate for breakfast for three weeks and I have had the fucking best time. And thank you, actually. Hard work pays off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just being like, I've been so dedicated. I've been like, oh, yeah. this, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I just, I just think like, if you want, if you don't want it to be like that, you've got to ask mm. for it and yep. say, and give feedback. And whether it's not necessarily direct eye-to-eye feedback, which I know that I'm a bit of a coward and I wouldn't do. No, I did a pissy email to yeah, I, did a, I, did, I, I, I did it while I was still annoyed. Yeah. And I sent, I sent a very huffy email. Perfect. I think send an email. Yeah. I even, in my first book, Train Happy, I even like put a little template in there of something nice. you could say. You know, if you are experiencing these things, let them know because, yeah. you know, as with anything, the customer is always right. Yeah. And if you're oh, the customer God. and you're not happy, yeah. go and complain. This is the only yeah. time it's acceptable to be a Karen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, oh, this has been so fun. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Talk to me about eating when you were growing up as a child. Any particularly strong memories? Did you grow up, were you in a household where food was being cooked for you by one particular person? Any siblings? Any fussiness? Well, I definitely had the benefit of my mum's cooking. She was a great yeah. cook. My mum actually loved to cook because she went to be an au pair when she was like 16, 17 in Germany. So wow. She loved to cook a lot of like German things. So we had a lot of those sorts of recipes growing up. Amazing. Um, yeah. I had an Austrian nana. I wonder if we had some similar things. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was always, you know, I felt really lucky with that. And my grandma as well, my mum's mum, good cook, but great baker. Yes. But she basically had two recipes and that's basically all we had our whole childhood. Okay, it's called um, just grandma's chocolate cake, which Yum. I still make now. Like if I'm, and I tell you what, um, and the other thing is this lemon drizzle cake that grandma made. Oh. They're both like from a WI book from like the 50s. And I've literally got pictures of the original recipes because <gasps> I love like that we have all grown up on them. I think my mum, you know, my uncle, all us three children, my, my brother and sister, they food. made us that that cake made us who we are and you know that chocolate cake in particular has been mm. such a comfort 
during um covid early covid and like especially just in 2020 in general i really found myself craving a lot of my childhood foods i don't know if you had that i just suddenly started just eating a lot of like sandwiches i used to make or buying snacks i used to have and certain things because i needed that comfort and security and you know when people say like oh food is just fuel like it's not it can be so more it's so much more than that and for me it's so about it was it was really about like soothing Mm -hmm. that inner child in me that was like i'm freaking out (laughs) what's going on i know i'll eat grandma's chocolate cake so i made quite a few batches of grandma's chocolate cake you know, as suppose, um, opposed to the uh, the banana bread, which I did also make, but um, yeah, of course. yeah, the well, chocolate cake, the old bananas, yeah, yeah, exactly. But the chocolate <laughs> cake really got us through. So that's been that is a definite childhood highlight for me. Um, yeah, and then I suppose growing up in my teens, sort of learning to cook quite early on that's because cool. both my parents, well, both my parents worked, and yeah. it was like if you want to get fed, you got to feed yourself. You know, that beto- you know that time between getting home from school and my mum getting home and dinner being about like half seven, we were ravenous. So yeah. my sister and I um, started to make our food, make food for ourselves. And then do you want to hear one of the weirdest food combinations ever that my brother got really into? Of course I do. So he got into making circle sandwiches, which he'd... Okay. But wait till you hear the filling. So not okay. only would he, he would get like two pieces of bread, yep. Nutella. Okay. Roast beef slice. Oh, fuck. Normal, right? And then you'd have another slice of bread and then you'd cut it out with a can so it was a circle. <laughs> and he called them his circle sandwiches. And that's one thing he liked. And, you know, I'll never, yeah, I think even just to this day, he would try beef. To, yeah, just standard food combinations. I mean, <gasps> oh, Nigel Slater, eat your heart out, right? <laughs> and how's he getting on now? <laughs> I'd love it if he was like uh, chef. <laughs> no, no, that he is that he is not. But is yeah, that creative? is. Does he have a creative job? No. Do you know what he does do at the moment? It. He is an extra in <gasps> movies and TV. Wow. That's pretty. That's pretty creative. I thought. Yeah, you were pretty say, creative, pretty random. <laughs> no, my brother's a pretty quirky person, and I think cool. that was very evident in his food choices. Okay. But that's one thing from my childhood I'll never forget. Him eating. <laughs> Did you ever taste it? No, goodness no! Like absolutely not. <laughs> what are you thinking? No, no, yeah. controversially, not even a big fan of Nutella, which I know is controversial, but well, um, I think that's because I was surrounded by you know beef and Nutella sandwiches. Yeah, that's one, one way to put, put some off. off Nutella. I think pop pop it next to a slice of beef um what they're both brown you can see his logic and i think he probably had brown bread as well so it's just like brown sandwiches yeah oh i love it um i'll eat a rainbow of brown 50 shades of brown yeah delish it's so funny isn't it how kids i think they are like my um, my son is keen sometimes to try the wonkiest combinations of things but nothing has been that intense nothing has been it might be one of the most intense intensely bizarre combinations i've ever heard on this podcast yeah i thought i thought it would uh four years old i thought i could bring that to the table today i well you have and i've really fucking loved it um are there any foods or drinks that you hate or love that most people do the opposite Oh, I'm not a fussy eater in general. I say Nutella's one of them. I can, I can I can basically eat anything, but do I like it particularly? No, not a massive Got Nutella it. fan. Would never choose it myself. It's um, like it. It people are absolutely bonkers for um, Biscoff at the moment. Yeah. And it used to be Nutella, didn't it? Um, I have a f- group of friends that I've had since first school, and when we occasionally, it's increasingly it. it I mean, I'd love to have a holiday with them soon. It's been too long. Whenever we occasionally have a holiday all together, um, it's often somewhere in Europe where you can get Nutella in a a whole different size of jar. Oh, yeah. An adult head. Yeah. Um, It's part of the holiday ritual, even even if it's a beachside holiday, um, to get one of those and to just sort of just sort of chip away as a team teaspooned in hand you don't spread it on anything it calls itself a spread but it's i believe meant to be devoured by the same teaspoon yeah Yeah. twist out and then 
you treat that as a like a lollipop yes exactly yeah my partner and my brother and sister would also join you doing that like just me just me being like "Mm, not so sure but i like chocolate hazelnut things but just not that thing um another one i'm not so i don't love quite so much is meringue not i'll tell you what i'm not that fast and the other one i do stay clear of marshmallows can't do it i can't do it couldn't give a shit. Oh, the, the texture, honestly, the excitement oh. on my partner and son's faces when the option is there to toast a marshmallow over some kind of naked flame. Yeah, absolutely. It, I've never seen two happier people. Uh, I get the idea of it. I think that I like the look of it all burny over the, the all melty burny. And then no, yeah, I'm not interested. No. I'm not interested in that either. I'm with you on that. I fully get it. It's like it's too. Ah. Um, oh. It's just gooey. It's yeah. gooey and sickly and it's just too much. But yeah. the irony is I do have a sweet tooth um, right. in general. Like I do love, you know, I'm always a dessert person. If it's start a yeah. main dessert, always a main Are you? person. Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. I'm having another starter for pudding. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. So, Are you on the, ch- or the cheese course? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want that as well, really. Yeah. But yeah. Brilliant. Oh, God, that's so interesting to know. I would take a meringue over a marshmallow any day. I don't know what it is that pisses me off about marshmallows so much. Pisses me off is wrong. They don't annoy me. I can understand why other people love them. I just, I'm not, fi- it's the dustiness. For yeah, me. yeah. I, I'll take the gooiness. It's the dustiness. It's that like slightly arid. It's like, I'm not, I don't want a sugary, some sort of like small sugary oat cake. And then you get that fluff spread, which is essentially like, have you seen it? It's like a jar of marshmallow spread. No, I haven't. Thank you. There. No, not fast. But brother who loves the beef and uh, chocolate spread sandwiches all over it, which explains all a lot. All over it. All over it. And I tell you what doesn't make sense. Candy floss. Yeah, all day or night. I'll eat that. I'll eat I can that. eat. I can eat that. Yeah. Yeah, I can eat that. Yeah. Yes, it's a delicious cloud on a stick. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, have you, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever accidentally eaten anything that's not food? Oh, well, I do remember playing as a child and eating, like willingly eating soil. And I feel like all children do that at some point. It's a rite of passage. Yeah, I'm worried I did it a bit too old, actually. I think I did that during my student days in a a bad way of a late (laughs) night, but not not as a child. But it's a common thing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, mud kitchen and make yourself all of that. Yeah, I, I I did enjoy that. I, I did enjoy that. Um, she says through uh, a grimace. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you believe there's any food that demands to be eaten in a particularly ritualistic way? The classic example, people, um, is like cabbage cream egg was a, they did a whole marketing campaign, didn't they, on it? Back oh, in the yeah. About how do you eat yours? But um, is there anything that you're like, yeah, you start, you do this first and then you do that and then you have that bit and then... Well, I feel I'm not too anal about those things but i do feel like i could be that way about kinder bueno (gasps) you know it's a great choice of a thing to be that way about because it's so structurally um fascinating it is and you're able to disassemble it aren't you i don't think the lay person understands how many parts it's possible to break a bueno down into yeah i do bueno well, I'm going to break it off into sections okay. and you're going to take off the bottom bit, aren't you? And then you're going oh, to so eat sections the off first. Okay. Well, I'd have a section, yeah, then, and yeah. then eat the centre bit and then eat the chocolatey bits. That's, that would be, be a way of doing it. Okay, great. I could eat it all as, at one, but I do think they are yeah. great. And the other one is, because I was literally eating them yesterday and I do pretty much do this every time I eat them. You know the biscuits, and I will never for- remember the names of them. But you get them all the time. They're like, like a normal biscuit. They've got the chocolate laid over top, and it's got a slight edge. I can't know what they're called. Oh, they're like, um, like a club. No, like they're like. Uh, oh, I've got them in the cupboard. I'm trying to look through my cupboard door to give me the name. But they're they're you. The, you can see the biscuit at the top at the bottom. They're flat. Okay. And it's like a butter biscuit, and then it's got the laid over chocolate bit on top. <gasps> um, chocolate nibs. Yes. Yes. I have to eat the chocolate bit round the edge before yeah, the biting edge the main bit. got to get devoured yeah. before the heart. And it's going to be a little, little, over the front tooth, you know, yeah. and then, yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know if you live anywhere near a little or if you've ever experienced a little rip-off Choco Leibniz. I'm destroying the opportunity to ever be sponsored by Choco Leibniz. It's as good as you. I, oh, I agree. Difference. I agree. Um, the other one that I think that um, Little have absolutely fucking nailed is an M&S Extremely Chocolatey, they're called, which is like mm. a circular biscuit with hardly any biscuit and like a massive chocolate to biscuit. I've not had that. Thing. It's beautiful. Oh. And um, there, it's like a, like a, an electric blue packet, and it's like where you get uh, two or three in in three or four troughs. Oh, I feel like I do know them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're good. Um, and then I think M&S have seen what they've done there, probably what Little have done there, and gone, well, fuck you, try and copy this. And now they've brought out a, an orange and mint variations on the original theme. Very clever. Very clever. I'm impressed. Give the customers what they want. Yeah, and I am the customers. <laughs> um, oh, I've got a newish question. <gasps> um, where's your favourite place to get food from near to your home? Well, I, I suppose my one of my favourite restaurants is just around the corner, yeah. without giving away my address. Um, yes, of it's a restaurant called Amber, and they yeah. do very it's kind of like an otterlangy vibe but at a slightly mm. nicer price oh great so it's just great it's like the one so, some of the best hummus lots of sharing plates lots of that kind of like lebanese inspired foods mm. um and it's just they do a really great brunch lunch and dinner you can always get a good and they do a great cocktail and so that oh, is one of my nice it's, it's actually to the point where any friends or visitors we have say please can we go to amber you rave about it so much yeah but then my boyfriend and i look at each other and go like we should go somewhere different like we should we should venture out a little bit because we have yeah. been here a lot recently um There's something and i love it lebanese food i really oh, am a big yeah. big big fan and i think I don't know. Do you live in London? I do. I do. Yeah, me too. I feel really privileged to have access mm. to this this incredible food because I'm from um, Dorset on the south coast, and um, my f- many a, a dear close friend, the, the same group of friends uh, that I spoon Nutella in with um, from primary school, have moved back now, and the one thing they lament, they in every other way, they get to be like kings of the castle because they're by the sea they've all got homes that are bigger than us silly little londony homes they've got yeah everything's gorgeous and peaceful and idyllic and beautiful and scenic but their takeaway game is still poor down there it's pretty homogenous they they will they i know one of them will drive upwards of an hour for sushi because it's so hot but sorry planet um the one thing that in my mum lives there um, still and she when she comes to stay wants to go to uh, there's a Lebanese takeaway in Catford called Feyrouz that's extraordinary which a former guest told me is named after a Lebanese pop singer oh so that's interesting but um, yeah I think that's the first it's my go-to place as well if I have visitors especially if they're from the sticks to be like let's get Lebanese food because it's kind of familiar but also surprising I think the bits that like I mean, people have had falafel and hummus and stuff like that before and, like, really nicely marinated grilled meats if they eat meats or whatever. But there's, um, I think the surprising bits are you can't beat, like, a fucking brilliant baba ganoush, like a Mm. really smoky... And then those, like, really smoky, um, like, aubergine, okra-y, vegetable, stewy things. And um, the, like, salty, pickled, sidey things, like the little pickly, sidey bits... Mm, like a radishy I don't even know what they are like yellow and purple and pink pickly bits I'm into those as well oh I just love it all and then and this restaurant we we ended up having to get uh, our kitchen done and we went that's how we discovered it and we became like regulars because we couldn't we couldn't cook at home so we just went yeah. there and they, they just opened and we made friends with the owner and so Every time we go in, he's kind of always like, oh, you've got to try this new dish on the menu. Or, yeah. You know, try that. And there's so many great things. I mean, they've they kind of got like a whole sort of influence of, of not just Lebanese, but amazing food. And everything's like seasoned to perfection. If it's got pomegranate seeds on, I'm there. You know, just like if it's just yeah. looks beautiful. Oh, I just love it. I love it. Go on,
scrumptious. Yeah, but what would you sound like if you said it now in a big boy voice? Scrumptious. Yeah, pretty cool. The sun gets COVID from the moon, and because no one thought to offer it a vaccine, it gets it real bad, and the earth starts freezing up like a deadly real-life apocalypse version of the eternal winter from the Narnia books. Anyway, it's agreed to get better immediately, because that's how physical health works in this fantasy, sorry. Uh, Only if you... And weirdly, it does have to be you, Tally, agree to talk to a six-year-old about what happens in every episode of Series 3 of Art Ninja without ever turning away or phasing out or even using the toilet or having a snack break. And let me tell you, it takes hours and hours that feel like days and days. It's exhausting. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. You go down in history as the woman who saved us all from a really um, chilly, but also other times burningly hot apocalypse. Um... Uh, and your reward in reality is the adulation of all people for all time. You've saved. You've, you, you've saved us all. Your reward in the moment, however, and bearing in mind you're flipping really hungry because that was exhausting, that listening, um, <laughs> is the feast of your dreams. Now, this is a fantasy situation. None of your answers need to be possible. N- definitely don't care about consequences. Like, I couldn't give a fuck about the ethics or health, like nutritional health or any of those things in your answers. Um, the other thing to say is that um, I fully understand that this is your only your answer now. And were I to have asked you this even half an hour ago, two hours ago, in 10 minutes, it could be totally different. In this fantasy situation where you are the happiest and hungriest it's possible to be, what would you eat? What would you drink? And if there's a who, with, and where, you can have a who, with, and where. Oh, do you know what? You know, like final meal questions are my worst questions because I'm so, I I love so many things, but one of the things I will always go back to is a good lasagna. I actually prefer vegetarian lasagna. Okay, great. And it has to have a side salad. Just your standard, like, tomato, cucumber, maybe a bit of avocado and just some leaves. But then it has to have salad cream. And it has to be salad cream. Don't want a dressing. I want the sugar and the salad cream, basically. Yes, yeah, And just the combo of the salad and the salad cream and the... Lasagna is just... Lasagna. Can you give me a bit more detail about the vegetable lasagna? What's the... um, is there a protein element or is it just Mediterranean vegetables in there in a tomato sauce or do you go for a, a chunky green lentil or could have lentils in it or? if I'm if I'm not cooking I could get you know like a Charlie Biggums one yeah it'd be okay. one of them because that is yeah. very good can highly recommend yeah. that um but very happy to do it just just Mediterranean veg yeah obviously got like yeah. a cheese sauce and this you've got a bit of yeah a bit of protein oh, of course you have you've got your bechamel and you've got your My cheese bad. on top um, oh, lovely. And yeah, I'm I'm happy as Larry with that. And then if I was going to have a dessert, yeah. and this is an un- I feel like this is an unpopular opinion, or so my friends have told me. Okay. Um, <laughs> you did a really funny face. Um, I love a trifle, and okay. like a good strawberry trifle. Don't want sherry in it. Just want a nice strawberry trifle. Yeah. And I know it's not been long since it's been Christmas, so it's on my mind because I only really get to eat it once a year. But um, that is one thing that I love that no one else seems to enjoy that much. And I can really go back and just really live off that for a while. So that is going to be my probably my favourite dessert. I love it. I love it. What a splendid answer. Mm. And um, would you have anything to drink? And is there a, a place and any company you'd like to be keeping for this fantasy? Well, I think drink-wise, um, once again, I'm. do you know what? Not a fussy eater particularly, but a bit f- fussy about drinks. Not a big <laughs> drinks fan, but I just have a glass of squash. I really love, Robinson's do, um, this orange and mango squash. I love it. I just love it. You can't beat it. It's nice and simple. There's never not a bottle of that in my house. Yeah. Yeah, you'd um, be fine if you came round here. Perfect. Great. Um, and then who would I do it with? I'd probably say, I do like my boyfriend, I have to say. Oh, we good. do get it's on very well. Know. It's good. So I'd have to choose him. And where would we be? Um, somewhere hot. Let's go to the Maldives. Why not? Great. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Nice choice. Oh, I am hankering for a hot trip to a hot place. What a great choice. Um, thank you for your wonderful answer. Thank you for all your wonderful answers. And for, I, I think I should thank you for some free therapy I feel like I've had, Tally. Thank you. <laughs> I've loved it. 
What a dreamy guest. And as you can tell from my dithering and blithering on at her, um, I will be very much diagnosing myself as needing a listen to her podcast, Train Happy, and I recommend it generally to you too, please. Her Instagram is a place of real sanctuary and enlightenment. She is at Tally Rye, T-A-L-L-Y-R-Y-E on there. Get on that now, I'd say. I am. Come to see Hoovering Live at the Leicester Comedy Festival on the 5th of February, where I'm also previewing on the 6th. Or uh, come to a London early preview of my new show, Wench. All the most imminent ones are selling out, and they're all listed on my website, jessicafostercute.com. That's also where you'll find a link to email me if you've got anything longer than a tweet that you want to send me. But tweet, tweet me if you want, or Instagram me. Follow the podcast first, at the Hoovering Pod, and then follow me, at Jessica Fosterkey. Feel free to support the podcast with lovely five-star our reviews recommendations or indeed with cold hard money over on patreon links to everything interesting tally and i mentioned in that podcast as well as to all the things i've just blabbed on about to you are as ever in the podcast notes huge thanks to acast for hosting the podcast hoovering is produced by emma caution and the music is by mike greenway until next week happy hoovering 